Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, prep sports reporter, Brian Mosey. Brian, how are we doing today? Doing good. A little chillier this week than last week, so I'm hoping it gets a little warmer. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty sure you started last week, too, if I remember right, when we were recording yeah. how cold it was, and it dropped at least 20 to 30 degrees since then. <laughs> but uh, a good, good Labor Day weekend, though, for sure. Nice to yeah. have an extra day off. Got that extra day. We came back yesterday, got to watch some girls' soccer last night that we're going to get into here in a minute. But, yeah, it's not as not as bright and sugary outside as, as the past couple weeks. If You know, if you get to see this on uh, our Zoom recordings at some point, you get to see our smiling faces as we do this. But we're still, we're still getting out there. We might have had winter coats on and winter hats on instead yesterday, but um, it was still a great night for soccer. And I think that's, you know, like I said last week, we're going to start with our top performers um, at the top of the show each week here. And, you know, with how Sartell girls soccer has played their last two games, getting those first two wins, I think that's the absolute best place to start. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, starting last week with um, the, the Tuesday game against Sartell took on Fergus Falls and Chloe Turner just had an amazing night with four goals. Um, and then today, or not today, yesterday on Tuesday's game, um, it was Sartell versus Ricori and the Sabres took over with a 12, nothing win. Um, and Reese, Reese Kleitzer had a, had three goals um, last night and just unbelievable performance for both, for everybody on that team. I mean, last night, I think it was eight out of the 12 goals were scored by different players. And then Thursday's game, I believe it was uh, five. Yeah. Five different girls out of that scored goals out of the seven different goals that were actually totaled. So really, really good um, performances by both, by both the games and definitely a fun, fun night to watch um, for the Sabres on Thursday and Tuesday. Yeah, it was a really great performance. We were, we were both out there last night um, out in cold spring when they took on Ricori and just, just from the initial get go, I mean, they just pushed the tempo the entire time. Um, Reese probably had, Gosh, she must have had eight or nine shots, too, in that first half. She had – after she scored those three – two or three of the goals, she she had a stretch where she probably got four or five that went straight to the goalie um, where she was trying to chip or do a couple different things. And, yeah, it was just really impressive. Sartell, they just pressed up really high the entire time. Every goal kick, every change in possession, they were just right on recording. They kind of just kept gaining possession after possession after possession, pushing it, taking shots, not afraid to kind of take from – um, kind of wherever they tried a couple deep ones, they chipped the goalie a couple times, snuck in shots after beating defenders on when they were trying to, you know, push on the break a little bit. Um, it was just kind of a clinic of the offensive firepower they do have. And a lot of the girls that scored two are, you know, there's a couple sophomores. They have a huge senior class as you're going to be writing about this week, but mm-hmm. also have some really young talent that 
it's providing um, a lot of firepower up front that is, you know, after they, they struggled to score a little in those first couple games of the year, they've, they've rebounded really well the last two games. Yeah, and, and like you said, the defend the the defense defensive team had didn't really have to do much to, um, in the first half. I mean, I think they had maybe two, three, maybe even four different times where they actually had to put pressure. Towards the end of the game, um, in the second half, where Corey got a little bit more um, time of possession in in uh, in their offensive side, but um, but yeah, I mean, even then they were still you know running down and getting the ball before the Spartans could even do anything. Um, so just well-rounded. Um, I know their midfield is very, very um, senior heavy. So I know they have a lot of experience from that, in that midfield. Um, and then some really young, powerful talent on that offensive side that um, I'm sure Rob will be really excited to have <laughs> once those 12 seniors graduate after this year. Yeah. And one of the seniors, um, Kendall Coffin, too, she had two goals Last night, she's actually my girlfriend's cousin, funny enough, my girlfriend Mackenzie. So <laughs> there you go. A little funny relation thing there. But, yeah, it's, you know, they, you know, they, they gave up, um, I think, four goals in the first two games, so still good defense. Um, and as you, you know, wrote about preseason, that their defense was what they were really confident in coming back, and they knew that was really solid. Um, and they only scored one goal in those first two games. But now 19 goals in the last two games quite flipping the script there. And those two teams they did lose to, Brainerd and Alexandria, is, you know, it's no small feat. Brainerd's 4-0, top of the conference right now, and Alexandria's 3-0-1 with just one tie. So, I mean, that's that shows that they're they're kind of right there. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of tough for, you know, with the schedule, you can only do so much, especially playing these teams once that possibly the best two teams they're going to see the entire regular season or the first two games when they might not have their legs under them completely, but they're clearly showing that when they face opponents that they know they um, are kind of favored against and know they're going to be able to get a lot of shots on that they're converting those goals and at a really high rate. Yeah. And like you kind of said, I mean, Alexandria, a really good team um, to, for, um, for girls soccer. And we actually watched them play Sock Rapids last week on Thursday. Um, And Alexandria took the five to two win over, over the storm, but definitely, a really good solid team um, for Alexandria, but tech actually was able to tie with them one, one last night um, in a really good game. Um, I know tech tech. Um, they had Molly Burks, Burks strand. She scored the only goal for the, for the Tigers last night, but definitely a, a really good game for the Tigers heading into the rest of this week. Um, especially with quite a bit of young talent um, with so many seniors graduating last year. Um, probably a little bit of a confidence boost heading into the rest of the week. Yeah, and I mean that game last week, Alexandria, like we said, they just looked they just looked really good. They moved the ball incredibly well, better than anyone I've seen so far this year. Um, they pieced it together really well. They they attacked the whole game. They're really physical. So I think they're you know they did get that tie against Tech last night, but otherwise they're still obviously one of the favorites. And in that game, I mean soccer, that was the game we were at last Thursday. And, Sock Rapids put up um, – they kind of fell short in that second half, but I thought they put up a really good effort in that first half. Even though you could tell just kind of the pace and the, the opportunities Alexandria was getting, they, they could have been up by a couple goals. But mm-hmm. Addison Froyland, she took a, a free kick from about midfield that went in. The, you know, it was a super windy day out there on the fields in Sock Rapids, and um, the goalie kind of misplaced the ball or it bounced at a really low angle right in front of her, kind of snuck between her legs. It's – those kind of plays that I'm sure the coach was even telling her before that play. 
Um, you got to watch for that, but those kind of weird windy bounces can, mm-hmm. can be fortunate. So they scored there. Um, and then they added another goal, um, you know, right before half to make it two to two. So we were, we were kind of impressed that they were able to keep it there, but then the second half Alexandria, they kind of poured it on a little bit, but still, um, you know, soccer rappers, they only lost one, nothing last night to Fergus falls to their defense, which has, you know, two that I think you're going to be writing about at some point this fall too, is that two seniors, um, in central defense, a junior goalie, and then, you know, two really young players on the outside of those fullback positions that it's kind of a, a unique dynamic back there for the storm. Yeah, absolutely. And last night, um, the storm was able to outshoot Fergus falls 21 to nine, even though they picked up the loss, um, still really pr- impressive, especially with, um, quite a bit of young talent kind of replacing those key seniors that graduated last year, um, for Sock Rapids. Maggie Fernholtz um, was really solid in, in at goalie with seven goal or seven saves last night, um, just giving up that one goal um, against Fergus Falls last night. And then um, another couple other games that happened last night, we had Brainerd and Apollo face off. Brainerd took the nine nothing win against the the Eagles, and then Cathedral was playing Little Falls last night. The Crusaders won three to one. Um, goals coming from Peyton Mathiason, Caroline O'Driscoll, and Megan Corbett. Um, and then Tori Anderson, the eighth grade phenom goalie, um, had 16 saves, about 16 saves, according to their head coach. About 16. About 16. <laughs> yeah. little, some of those save stats, I've definitely Just, noticed. <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes. But. Listening, listening to the voicemail was like, well, it's somewhere between like 15 to 20, so – something like 16 ish. So, but still a very good outing for Tori Anderson, um, especially only allowing one goal against little falls a, a very good little falls team. So, yeah, they, they came, I think they came from behind in that game to win that too. And, you know, that's a team that I saw. That was the first game I saw of the year is when they tied one-to-one against little falls. Um, I believe if I can remember right, I think they still play each other possibly one more time. I know some of the teams in the Granite Ridge for girls are playing each other, um, up to three times just because there's only five teams in the conference. So they're going to see, um, you know, it's a team they're already familiar with. They might get to see them again later in the year, but yeah, that's a really big win for them. Yeah. They're going to be at little falls on September 24th with a game. That's probably going to be really important for seeing who can win that conference title in the Granite Ridge. So um, a good win by them, especially after that tie earlier in the year. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. And, I think it kind of transitions into the boys soccer aspect. Um, another great night for, for boys soccer. Um, we were able to have our first kind of super seven matchup um, with, with Sartell and Ricori, just like the girls were playing last night, the boys were playing, um, but they were actually playing at Sartell rather than at Ricori. Um, and they won five to one. Um, but what kind of give me some of your thoughts on um, last night, um, last night's performances from the boys soccer aspect. Yeah, similar to, you know, the girls' team, the guys' team has really started to kind of find their scoring touch the last two games. Uh, eight total goals in the last two games, a 5-1 to one win over Recorio last night with five different goal scorers. And um, when they beat Fergus last week, John Engelkiss, he had two of the three goals, and he scored again last night. So he's kind of starting to emerge as their leading goal scorer, but it's still just showing that, like they told me when I talked to them at preseason practice, that – there's not really one guy that's going to have that, you know, 10, 15, 20 goals for them. Probably it's going to get spread out a lot. And um, that's showing so far. And the fact that, you know, they've, 
you know, they, they got those two wins. They also got a win over Alex in their season opener, um, one nothing. I mean, they're kind of kind of finding their stride and showing that they really are a, a really tough defensive team at the back. Yeah, absolutely. No, it seemed like when I was over there watching them um, Tuesday, last, last Tuesday, um, definitely a very cohesive team. Everybody kind of worked together and um, was able to – that game it was – I think it was a one nothing, one nothing loss, um, but definitely still pushing the pace, working together. You could definitely tell that they knew each other's strengths and weaknesses on, on the field, and I think now it's starting to kind of shape and form um, with uh, another really good win against Ricori on um, last night. So, um, And then I know Cathedral, we, we, we didn't have as many games as we kind of were hoping for, um, mm-hmm. with, uh, Cathedral though was playing Little Falls last night. Um, the Crusaders came out with a three to nothing victory over there. Um, continuing that huge streak of, un, uh, of, of winning, um, conference games. I think now they're like, I think it's 60, 61, 61, zero and four, I think over the last like 65 games. Um, I wrote a feature on that last week and that was kind of fun just reminiscing about higher time. They've only actually had one loss um, in since they joined the Granite Ridge conference. And that was against <laughs> little falls, surprisingly enough. Um, um, but last night was able to get a three, nothing victory. Um, definitely a, probably a, a nice victory heading into the rest of this week. Um, but I guess for you, you get to go out there Thursday and be able to watch them play. But what, what, what did you kind of see from that game as well? Yeah, it was just, you know, you saw some of the same, um, you know, familiar names there, you know, um, Jake Maynard and Connor Drone, some of those guys scoring um, and just another another really dominant effort um, for them. And I, I'm, I really am excited to see them on Thursday because they're already off to a 2 nothing start looking, you know, very composed, very sure of themselves, um, you know, and what kind of what their style is and what they expect, which is just straight up to win every game and there's not really any any other focus than that for them. So I think it'll be fun to see if they can, can you know, can continue that momentum going in conference. Absolutely. And I guess the only other game that was going on last night, Brainerd got the five, one victory over Apollo. Um, but Apollo, not sure if they're going to be able to play Thursday because um, some things kind of happened over the course of the weekend with um, tech and Alexandria. They, they were supposed to play last night at Alexandria and apparently according to the echo press, um, which covers Alexandria, they actually had a kid test positive on the boys soccer team for COVID-19, um, which definitely pull, puts a halt into plans, which I mean, obviously health is number one out of everything. So, you know, if you can't play a game, you can't play a game. I'd, I'd rather see all these kids healthy and, and able to enjoy their time on the team. But um definitely going to be putting a halt into the schedule, which means Apollo was supposed to be playing Alexandria on Thursday, but now it seems like Alexandria won't be able to play for two more weeks. So I'll be interested to see how that kind of shapes up the boys' soccer schedule, especially in the Central Lakes um, conference. Um, but we'll, I guess we'll see how things go. I, not, a, not many people know exactly how this all works out. It's kind of still all shaping out and forming, um, but – could be kind of an interesting couple of weeks as we dive into the rest of the schedule. Yeah. And um, just in that game last night, Nasta med scored for Apollo. That was his second goal of the year. He's kind of one of their top scorers, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because now they're not going to get to play Thursday. Tech was off Tuesday, which was last night. We're recording this on a Wednesday. And, you know, they, they've only played two games already this year because they didn't play that opening Thursday when a lot of other teams played. So we haven't really – I mean, we got to see them – I got to see them um, at home. And then we, we both caught a stream of them last week when they got that win against Bemidji, 3-1. Um, to one. I know you got to tune into that game a little bit longer than me, Brian. What did you see out of Tech um, in that road game? Well, it definitely, um, I know that was a big matchup between the two because I think Tech was ranked seventh and Lemigi was ranked, I think, eighth um, heading into that game. And it was also a section finals rematch um, from last year. But I was kind of expecting it to be kind of, you know, whoever dominates the, the, pace, of, the pace of play at the beginning will probably win the game in a sense. Um, and Tech definitely had a good pace heading um, in the very beginning. Um, had a slight scare because Ethan Miller uh, was injured in the first half of the game, and um, he kind of hobbled off the field. And I know you and I both kind of kind of went, "Oh no, not again!" <laughs> yeah, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> um, but luckily, he was able to come back and play. Um, and he he actually scored a goal for the Tigers. Um, and then I think he left just precautionary reasons, um, once tech kind of had that two goal lead, but, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely a fun game to watch. Also really fun to watch live streaming. I mean, I know yeah, definitely. It's a thing that we haven't been able to have a whole lot because, you know, a lot of people, you know, recruit or, you know, scouting reports and I, which amazes me at a, at a high school level that you'll be looking at live streams for scouting reports, but, um, but yet they haven't really have had a whole lot of live streaming, but this year especially is needed because, you know, not many people can come to these, these events. So it's been kind of fun to watch. I know for me, I took a picture and sent it to Zach on Thursday night, but I was watching tech girls soccer, boys tech or tech boys soccer while also updating the scoreboard at night and I was just like the life of a high school sports reporter <laughs> yeah no kidding you know I know usually you don't have that that luxury you just have to kind of hope you you can find out the score or figure out what happened but yeah that was that was cool to see and you know Ahmed Robbie Ishmael and Kadar Abdi also added goals along with Ethan in that game and that was big because especially um Ahmed Robbie who they just call Robbie on the team he had um the game I was at he had at least one go off the top of the bar, two to three, maybe go two to three feet wide. Um, a lot of scoring opportunities that just couldn't get put away. And he's a really good piece in that kind of attacking midfield creative player that also um, I know they're really high on um, being able to finish. So it's good to see him finally, you know, um, be able to get that on the varsity level and kind of get that first goal of the year um, out of the way as they go forward and continue. And I know you're going to, you're going to be watching them tomorrow night um, at home and them and Cathedral. We'll talk a little bit more about at the end of the show when we preview games uh, coming up later this week. Yeah. And just to round out the rest of Thursday's games, Moorhead beat Apollo six to nothing. And then Sock Rapids was able to tie Alexandria one to one last week. Um, kind of the same stat, not lying, right? Right, Zach? <laughs> it's getting kind of spooky. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's, you know, we've got multiple weeks in a row of Eli Rudnick. I think the last two, we had 18 saves. This he had 19 saves. And Eli Moylan in his head, just one PK all three games, and he's converted all three. So I'm, <laughs> I even texted their coach, Chris. I was like, okay, it's getting a little spookier. Like, I'm starting to think 
starting to think it's just the same thing you're sending me. You're just copy and paste it each week is, <laughs> is kind of what I'm considering. But no, so they they're able to get the tie there. They haven't been able to uh, to get that first win yet this year. Um, but when they they'll be facing Appy and Sartell, who also has a really stout defense on Tuesday, I think that'll be that'll be a really fun game to see. Yeah, and then Brainerd defeated Ricori five nothing on on Thursday night as well. But yeah, I think that about wraps it up for um, guys and girls soccer. For now, we're going to take um, a quick break. We're going to hear a little bit about um, the Best of Central Minnesota event that we've been plugging the last couple weeks that I'm pretty sure at least um, on the photo side and the writing side, um, our reporters and photographers, we kind of have all of that squared away for the Best of Magazine. Um, they're still putting together you know, some great things for to recognize these local businesses and um, all the voting that's gone on throughout Central Minnesota for for what's their favorite. So we're going to take a quick break, hear a little bit more about that, and we'll talk a little bit of swimming and tennis when we get back. Thank you for voting in the 2020 Best of Central Minnesota Readers Survey. The SC Times is now tabulating the results and will reveal the winners and top five finishers in more than 60 categories on Friday, September 25th. Watch www.sctimes.com and check out the print edition September 25th for a special glossy magazine featuring the best of central Minnesota. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report. We're going to run through girls tennis and girls swimming diving, just some scores from the last couple days before we uh, we touch on cross country. I was able to get to a meet on Thursday, and there's a lot of, a lot of races just happened this last week we're going to touch on. So uh, first for tennis, kind of a kind of a pretty big upset here if, if you look at the early standings. Um, Tech four, Alexandria three, Ashley Turali, Paige Turali, they both got wins at number one and two singles. Um, Ella Moreau got a win at number three singles. And then at third doubles, Anna Miller and Abby Brown, they won their match too. Um, and that was Abby Brown's first win on varsity. And Alexandria, they were undefeated in conference and actually at the top of the conference um, going into this match. And Tech was one and two overall. So um, the ability to get that upset uh, it was, it's pretty big for them, especially after, you know, the first match of the year when they faced Brainerd, who also is undefeated in conference. Um, they lost six to one, uh, wasn't quite as close. So um, seeing that the Tigers, they're kind of coming along early this year. Yeah, no. And, and I think that was the one thing that when we went there for the very, very first match of the season, um, it was still, I mean, a, they were playing Brainerd, which is really, really tough to, to start off your season, especially against a team that returned everyone pretty much. But then, um, yeah, the Alexandria, definitely a tough team to beat and winning four to three against them. Um, definitely a confidence boost. And for sure, for some of these girls, I mean, Ashley has been consistent for six years. So, I mean, she's, she's not going to change at all, but her younger sister Paige being able to get that win at one or at one or two singles, um, that was, that's big because I know for her, she was trying to kind of get on a roll and kind of get her, get her feet, feet down on as, as the number two singles as a, as a seventh grader, which is a really, really big task to, to kind of hold. Um, and then always, it's always fun to hear about people winning their first match of, uh, in their high school career and congrats to Abby Brown on that. That's, that's always a fun thing to hear. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, on, uh, for Apollo Sock Rapids, they lost six to one uh, on Thursday to Fergus, and they also lost six to one to Alexandria last Thursday. But um, kind of for note for them, Grace Resch, she's won in number uh, and third single. She won uh, both times. She got a point, so she's kind of on a little winning 
run there to see if she can extend that going forward. Um, also last Thursday, Fergus beat Sartell 6-1. to one. Olivia Merrick got the, the lone win for them in third singles. Uh, Bemidji beat Tech 6-1 to one last week, where Ashley Tarali, she won in one singles. And Brainerd beat Ricori 7 to nothing. Brian, do you want to run through some of the girls' swimming scores from last week? Yeah, no, last Thursday, um, Alexandria faced off against Sock Rapids. Alexandria took the 110 to 72 win um, over the storm. Sartell, um, <laughs> no shock at all, uh, no. <laughs> um, was able to, to beat up uh, Fergus Falls a little bit and won 119 to 61. Uh, Moorhead won 98 to 74 over Apollo. Um, Tech was able to get a win against Mamiji, 107 to 79. Um, Cathedral uh, kept their winning streak going um, and their sights on another conference title with um, a 109 to 74 win over Foley. Um, and then Albany defeated Malacca, um, 116 to 68. Um, last Thursday as well. The only team that wasn't able to uh, swim last last week was Ricori. Ricori was supposed to head out to Brainerd last week, and that uh, meet was canceled just due to pool, pool issues um, at Brainerd. So they are rescheduling that for October. But definitely going to be a fun matchup on um, next week for Sartell and Sock Rapids, but we'll get into that later on um, in this podcast. Yeah, and, you know, just going over kind of briefly, those some of those scores from other sports, we're going to move on to cross-country here. Um, it's kind of our last segment before we, we move ahead to, to previewing the rest of the week and next week. But uh, last Thursday, I was out at Sock Rapids for Apollo's home meet. Yes, Sock Rapids for Apollo's home meet. So with Apollo's normal home course at the VA being closed, um, you know, just because of COVID protocols, they're really locked down there. Um, so they're not having meets at their normal home course. They're hosting a couple different meets at Sock Rapids this year. The one on Thursday, they're hosting Wilmer and Fergus Falls. And Sam Brewer following up his really tremendous effort in week one, um, his second meet of the year two, he got first in a time of 17.09 to come in first. Um, Tucker, Tucker Tenbordy came in third. And then Ethan Logeman came in sixth with their top three finishers. And it was a fun race because it was out at Sock Rapids. I hadn't been to this course before and, it's kind of on the backside of the high school and they run kind of through the woods. There's a spot. So basically they, they shoot it off. Everyone starts and then you run like everyone sprints to the first spot where you can actually see everyone. Cause for the first, I don't know, not, not a full mile, but at least probably half a mile, you can't see anyone. So then it's always interesting. They come around kind of this bend where all the fans are assembled. And then um, you get to see, where everyone was going in that first stretch. I was a little surprised because when we went to the meet um, at Boulder Ridge golf course, Sam was already, you know, 200, 300, 400 meters ahead of, you know, the, the rest of the pack um, really early on, but this was a lot more bunched up. There was, you know, five, six people um, in a, a group, maybe only a couple seconds ahead of the rest of the group. So a lot more competitive kind of from the start. And it was a pretty cold windy day. So that, that factors into um, strategy a little bit and, by the second lap, Sam was, um, you know, a lot more comfortably um, kind of separated. He had one one challenger from Wilmer that was really close to him um, the entire race. So he was kind of happy to, you know, actually have someone kind of on his tail, someone giving him a little more, um, you know, competition this time around. But by the end, he kind of kicked it down. He still came in first by, you know, a little bit of a margin to Colin O'Farrell from Wilmer, who's a junior. Um, he won by about 16 seconds, but 
you know, the previous week it was almost 90 seconds. So a lot more competitive this time around. And when I talked to him um, and coach Justin Darrow too, they said how um, they're just running a lot better as a team this year. It was Apollo. They took the team title for this meet uh, for boys as well over Wilmer, who was the team that beat them at conference last year. Um, and, you know, they, they just talked about how, you know, they're running better as a team. And in, in one example was Ethan Logeman, who came in sixth place. He, even though it wasn't part of the plan, he went out and kind of went in first right away to kind of take some of that wind that was going directly on him to kind of save Sam's legs for, for later in the race. So he'd be able to get that first place finish. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that unselfishness, that, that type of running that he said in the past hasn't really been a part of the program or they haven't gone that deep into strategy and, and thinking about how your other runners are doing too. Cause even if you get passed by your teammate, that's still technically positive, you know, for, for your score. So it's kind of a lot different mentality than normal, but yeah, they won with, they had 26 points um, compared to 32. Um, and, you know, last year they were, they were, tw- they were uh, 19 points behind Wilmer at conference, but they've already beat them for the first time this year. Um, they're going to be racing them again. I'm pretty sure, you know, already tomorrow against uh, Wilmer and Sartell are both going to run at Sock Rapids against Apollo again. So um, it's, you know, we're kind of already getting a little bit of a preview of what, conference might look like and for the Eagles if they would you know if they continue to improve continue this going I think their their first and only conference title was 1979 so it's been over 40 years since they've they've had a conference title and I think they're they're focused towards that it's a weird year where they might not have state most likely but I think they're really really keyed in on that Central Lakes title absolutely and um also on also running that day for as well was the girls side and um, Wilmer was able to get that, that win with 15 points. Fergus Falls was behind them with 59 and then Apollo finished last with 60 points. Um, top runner for the, for the Eagles was Brooke, um, Venkins. Um, she finished sixth overall, um, with, a with a time of just under 22 minutes. Um, so, um, but you were also able to see your, uh, your friend Tom Elliott over there for sure too. I was, yeah. He was covering Wilmer, and, and their race was kind of fun to see him. Um, he's been at the West Central Tribune since last fall, about right around this time. So it was it was fun to see him out covering covering events in the area too. And yeah, you know the girls they're they're still improving too. Um, you know, like you said, Brooke Perkinis in sixth, and Noel Hackenmuller in eighth. So Wilmer was one through five. They just really they cruised through that. They dominated. So um, they kind of knew that going in, they were going to be the runaway favorite. So it's kind of Apollo had to run their own race a little bit, but they're also seen, especially on the times um, dropping a couple minutes in some cases from the previous week. So um, they're seeing some improvement as well. Definitely. And then also going on um, last Thursday was um, cathedral and Albany were facing off once again. Um, we were able to watch them um, race a couple weeks ago. Um, and now they were able to race again. The boys' side, Cathedral got the win with 20 points. Albany finished with 48. Um, Little Falls was at 55. Um, some of the key finishes, um, I know Albany and Cathedral had runners that all finished in the top four, so um, definitely a really good race for the two teams um, and definitely looking to improve upon it. Um, Grant Mayers from Albany, he finished first with a time of 17.17. Um, Alex Hen from Cathedral, 
Um, he finished in second with uh, a time of 17.27. Turner Schad was right behind him for Cathedral at third, um, as well as Henry Abel from um, Cathedral as well, ending in fourth. And they were just right, behind, right neck and neck, um, right underneath the 18-minute mark um, for their finishes. So definitely a, a good race on, on that front for sure as well. Yeah, and on the girls' side, it was um, it flipped just a little bit this time. Cathedral was the one that came out edged Albany by three points. And, you know, Albany, who was ranked in the preseason top ten poll at seventh, that's really impressive for Cathedral, especially with some really young girls on their team this year. Um, Christine Kaltoff and Olivia Gable came in one-two again like they did the first meet of the year. But Claire Shad was third again. But the big difference was that Lily Jamison was at fourth and Addie Monlock was in sixth for them to secure some really big points. And Albany's next highest finisher was Emily Spanier in eighth. So um, Cathedral kind of right behind uh, Christine and Olivia. They took a lot of those really key points that was the difference from last uh, the previous week when they faced off against the same team. And uh, it was really big for them to get that win already. Yeah. And then the final race was um, with Mimiji Moorhead and Ricori. Um, Ricori actually traveled up to the Moorhead area for, for this race. Um, Mamiji took on, or for the boys' side, Mamiji won with 21 points. Moorhead finished second with 41, and Ricori was third with uh, 73. The top racer for the Spartans was Vincent Calusa. Um, he finished ninth with a time of 18:08. So, yeah, and on the girls' side, um, a bit better of a showing. I mean, the first first race of the year, they Alexandria kind of had their number a little bit, but this week was. A bit different. Ava Larson finished in first with a time of 20 minutes, 18 seconds, um, which is really impressive because she was the fifth fastest runner um, the previous week and finished in 11th place But at the first meet of the year. But she was able to come in first at this race. So really big for her, um, you know, confidence booster as well as a junior to get that finish. Uh, Caitlin Motter was in third for the Spartans. And Lena Vieri was in fifth for them, who they, those two also finished under 21 minutes. So, you know, big for them to, to get that first meet win of the year um, and have a really good showing up there at Moorhead. And then also, um, Sock Rapids was racing up against Brainerd and Alexandria last week as well. Um, Alexandria came in first with 22 points. Brainerd was second with 37. And the Storm came in third with 75 points. And for them, their top finisher was Jared Bentrude who finished in seventh overall. And I think that about wraps up um, cross-country swimming and tennis for us. Um, so before we go to the break, Brian, do you want to just tell a little bit about the Community Thrives event that the listeners will get to hear a little bit about? Yeah, Community Thrives program um, is within USA Today. They're giving out grants um, to different places across the country. All you have to do is apply. Um, and I know St. Cloud was able to have a couple different grants for some different businesses and nonprofit organizations last year. Um, it's just a way for continuing to, in a sense, make the community thrive. Weird how that, that title works. Um, so yeah, listen to a little bit of what we um, USA Today is going to offer. Um, and then we'll be back in just a little bit to kind of wrap up the rest of this podcast of the SC Times Sports Report. The Gannett Foundation is giving away $2.3 million this year to local projects. These grants include anything from youth sports to health to the arts, as well as parks. These are challenge grants, meaning the local organization has to do some fundraising of their own to demonstrate local support for the project. The deadline to apply 
is 11.59 p.m. Friday, September 11th. Please go to act.usatoday.com for more information. The Gannett Foundation is the philanthropic arm of the owner of the St. Cloud Times. And we are back for the last part of the third episode of the SC Times Sports Report. Um, kind of before we wrap up this podcast, kind of wanted to look a little bit into some local news that maybe um, wasn't really a segment, but just more of just kind of some different news that, that was popping up throughout the um, throughout the last week. I guess, Zach, what have, college-wise, it seems like some big news has kind of been going around a little bit. Yeah, we're still waiting on any news on um, what St. Cloud State for hockey, what that might look like with everything else canceled through December. But one kind of nice news for Johnny's fans, even though they weren't able to have um, their home opener this last Saturday, um, instead they found out the news that Ben Barch, who just graduated this last um, spring and played for the Johnnies for four years, he was, he made the final cut for uh, Jackson Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars roster. Um, he was a fourth round pick for them uh, back in May, and we covered that pretty pretty extensively at the time. And he's got a lot of love on social media, other stuff for kind of his his smoothie thing that you know went around a lot before the draft. And now he's also got some good press for just really holding his own. He moved from you know the, the tackle position to the guard position. He's looking as a pretty a pretty key backup for them. They're only carrying eight offensive linemen on um, the 50, 53 man roster and you know, five starts. There's only three that possibly only as many as three that are going to suit up as backups on game day. So um, that's exciting to see someone like that, you know, getting drafted is one thing as we talked about, but then actually making that roster and proving yourself is a whole nother step. So uh, they're going to, you know, already, already Sunday, we're going to have football, even Thursday, tomorrow, we're already going to have football. We're not going to, we're not going to get to watch it because we'll be, we'll be out covering some stuff, but Sunday comes, we'll be able to, to watch some. And I know it's going to be a bit later in the year that Jacksonville, they actually do come to us bank stadium for a game. I think it's in December, if I can remember correctly. And um, the only news so far in attendance for us bank is that there's going to be no home fans through the first two games. And we're not really sure what it's going to look like going forward yet. So I'm sure St. John's faithful, especially since they're not going to get to watch their own team. And they're already very passionate. You know, the, the, you know, six, seven, 10,000 fans that come out for games, I'm sure they're going to be trying to, to get as many tickets as possible if, if there are fans allowed on the stands later this season. Absolutely. And deservingly so. Very cool for Ben. Um, and on the amateur baseball side, amateur baseball just finished up with their last weekend of the state tournament last week. Um, some three teams from our area um, were, were able to play um, last weekend with Cold Spring Rockies and Sartell Muskies that finished in this class C tournament. And then the Springers were able to um, play in the class B tournament. Springers finished third overall in that tournament, um, losing to the Moorhead Brewers um, just before they could make it to the state championship, but a really good season for them Um, was able to have some really, really key players, um, different different fun moments with uh, Jordan Barth having a couple home runs and um, an unbelievable game for um, Nick Pennick, who was flawless during the last couple weekends. Um, but then um, on the class C side, the Sartell Muskies lost on Saturday, um, just kind of in, I think it was the quarterfinals that they lost. Um, and 
really good season for them. David Dominski had an unbelievable uh, outing. Um, they they lost one to nothing in twelve innings, and David Dominski pitched eleven innings. I think he pitched like a hundred and fifty something pitches, and he struck out twenty one batters, giving up runs and only allowing three hits. So just unreal numbers. So um, congratulations to the Muskies on such a good season. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of um, plenty of opportunities for next year. Um, hopefully a full season too, um, being able to have a full season. And then um, with the Cold Spring Rockies, they finished third overall as well in Class C. Um, they were able to make it to Sunday night in the semifinals. Um, lost to to what would be the state title champions of Fair Fairmont, um, Fairmont, and they just a really good game, but just were able weren't weren't able to get that that key run across. So, um, but very good seasons for those three. Definitely excited to see what happens. I know this was my first year covering amateur baseball up here, and definitely a fun one for sure. So I'm excited to kind of see what 2021 has in store for amateur baseball next year. So, yep. Yeah, now you know, moving ahead, that kind of wraps up just our, our little sound bites or, you know, a little bit of news we wanted to touch on that um, otherwise might not get in the show. So now to, to kind of wrap up the show, we're going to preview a little bit ahead of what Thursday is going to look like for both of us, what we expect from those games, and then uh, look ahead to a big rivalry night across, you know, a multitude of sports on Tuesday. Um, I guess to start, I'm going to be at Cathedral for their game uh, tomorrow night on Thursday, and Brian's going to be at Tech for – I guess, you know, neither of us, we each saw the other team uh, the previous week. So neither of us have got to see these teams in action so far. I guess for you, Brian, what are you looking forward to? What are you kind of hoping to, to learn a little bit more about when you get to see the Tigers for the first time? Well, I'm hoping that, you know, Ethan can maybe hit 10 goals. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> All right, fine. Seven goals. All right. Let's settle for seven. um no I'm excited because uh Moorhead has been having a really good season so far this year and um I think it'll be a fun matchup especially since Moorhead has not been a conference opponent um I I think it'll be kind of fun to see kind of similar with Mamiji where it's like you know what's going to happen because they sometimes don't play each other um so Moorhead Moorhead will be a fun matchup just to be able to watch I'm, I'm kind of interested to see pace of play. Um, I was able to watch a little bit of the Mamiji game, and I know you were kind of talking about it um, when you went and saw them play a couple weeks ago. But, um, I, yeah, I'm excited to kind of see what happens in um, the pace of play. And I think, honestly, I'm a big fast-paced guy. So if you're flying up and down the field, I'm beyond happy. Um, so I'm just excited to kind of see how fast these guys move. I'm also excited to see – um, just the hype of Ethan Miller. Um, I know everybody's been talking about him and, um, it's been a, it's kind of fun to see how he's been progressing, but also just the other, other, um, the whole team aspect. So, but I guess for you, what are you kind of seeing? I know I was over at that cathedral game, um, the cathedral boys game against Zimmerman, but, um, had a really nice game there, but what are you kind of looking forward to on, on the Crusaders side? Yeah. I'm just interested to see if they can kind of keep this run of just, you know, really strong offensive performance and kind of, you know, putting it, putting it down really early. I know they're, I think they were ahead one nothing at the half yesterday, but you know, it was kind of the people, like I said earlier in the show that we expected, you know, um, Jake Maynard, Chandler Hendricks, Connor Drone, all with goals um, who are 
you know, really nice offensive pieces for them. Reese Moneypenny had eight saves in goal last time to him. Interested to see. I know goalie was something that switched up a lot for them this year. So I'm excited to see him in net for the first time um, that I'll get to watch. And then, yeah, just also, I know they're going to be playing Melrose, who's one and one on the year. Cathedral, two and zero, tied at the top of the conference with Minnewaska, who's also two and zero right now. So just getting to see, um, you know, those teams compete and get to see, you know, kind of this if they can keep this streak alive. I mean, I know they they probably talk about they don't think about it or you know they they aren't focused on that, but that's still a little bit added pressure, added weight every single time you step out there trying to, to prove that you're still um, might not be perfect in how you play the game, but your record is still perfect in that regard. So, yeah, I'm just excited to, to get out and see some more good boy soccer action. Yeah, hopefully hopefully a little warmer too. Um, yes. <laughs> not the winter half this time. So, um, And then the following week we got our first kind of big rivalry matchup um, for Tuesday night. Uh, Sartell and Soccer Rapids will be facing off in four different sports. Um, you have – I will be over at um, the – Sartell and what is Apollo and Sauk Rapids co-op team for girls tennis. Um, that'll be at 4.30 at Sartell. And then after that, at 5, will be the Sartell and Sauk Rapids girls soccer game at Sartell. And then at 6 o'clock will be um, the girls swimming between Sartell and Sauk Rapids at Sartell. So excited to see those three different matchups. Um, very excited to kind of see how the girls swimming aspect is because Sartell obviously is looking for that undefeated season. Sock Rapids has quite a bit of talent that's coming back and um, they've been able to, I know they had a little bump in the road last week with a, with a tough loss, but um, had a really good performance um, or a really good score last or the first week of when, when sports were starting up. So be interested to see how that kind of all unfolds and, also, just how nice that Sartell pool is. I'm sure it'll be nice just to get some some pictures and be able to watch a watch a girls swimming meet because we've been kind of lately just been going to a lot of soccer games. So it'd be fun to kind of switch it up and go see a girls girls swimming and diving event. Yeah, it'll be good to to get to a lot of different sports that day. Like you said, you're gonna it's not gonna be normal where you're there for the whole game, probably talking to people and be more bouncing thing to thing, but still good to to see all those sports in action and. Yeah, for me, I'm going to be at Soccer Rapids Sartell for boys soccer. Um, it'll be it'll be fun to see that matchup because, like we've said, Sartell's kind of finding their scoring, and they're also continuing to be really good at the back. And Soccer Rapids, on the other hand, has had a tough time finding the scoring. But um, even though they they gave up a couple goals in those first games, um, still obviously really good at the back and with with Eli Rudnick and goals. So I think that'll be a really good matchup. Last year, there's some history to this matchup too. I mean, they had. Sartell had kind of just cruised. Um, it wasn't, can't even call it a rivalry, at least for boys soccer, because soccer, I mean, Sartell had won every single time. But last year they tied for the first time in the regular season, two to two, then went to overtime. And then in the playoffs, um, Soccer Rapids actually came out on top and beat Sartell for the first time ever. So I'm sure both sides are really still familiar with that. A lot of kids that probably have grown up together, played together in other leagues, um, being so close together. So I think that's going to be a really fun game on Tuesday as well yeah for sure and yeah I mean for us I think it'll be a lot of fun and if you see us out there don't hesitate to say hi we don't we don't bite at least I don't <laughs> I don't know Ryan might he's he's a little feistier than me when you come up to I think he'll be nice if, if you're nice as well <laughs> um but yeah we're excited to kind of see all the different um fans out there it's been fun to kind of see 
everyone out there cheering everybody on. And I think there's a different atmosphere right now, just knowing that it's COVID. I think everybody's just grateful to go out and watch a game um, right now. And I'm, I'm hoping, you know, hopefully Alexandria is kind of the only thing that happens around here because um, I'd love to see all these kids be able to play the, play the sport that they love. But, um, but yeah, if you can't make it out to the game, don't hesitate to come on, come out online and, and see uh, sctimes.com for updated content. Um, we'll be putting out post, we'll be putting out notebooks and gamers and feature stories as well as some photo galleries from Zach and, and our, and our photographer, Dave, Dave, um, and then we'll be also posting some videos as well. So, I mean, we kind of have everything online, so make sure to check out that, um, after games. We also will have a scoreboard out to let you know games that we didn't go to, how they did. Um, we tried our best to do the whole 24 seven coverage. So, um, yeah. Best as we yeah. Can. And you know, just a, a few more things to follow, follow us SC times on Instagram. Um, I think we're over. 52, 5,300-ish followers. We're still trying to push that number up. Um, games, you know, all the photos from every game, I make sure to get them up on there for especially for, for the high schoolers to see because they're still – I mean, that's their platform. That's Other than TikTok, that's basically their favorite thing. So um, make sure to make sure to follow on Instagram. Um, also, I'm at SC Times Zach on Twitter. Um, Brian's at Brian Mosey on Twitter. All our, all our content, that's the best place to see it first. We, we share it on the other channels too, but Twitter's kind of our go-to. So make sure to follow us on that. And like Brian said, just to, to be on sctimes.com. Also, um, sports at, at stcloudtimes.com um, for any, any questions about coverage, um, you know, story ideas, any of that kind of thing for our schools. Um, we appreciate that. And also, um, our cell phone numbers are also on the end of all of our stories um, our work numbers, if you ever have any questions, comments, um, or, you know, thoughts about the show as we've talked in the past, we, we want your feedback. We want to hear what you're liking about the show, what maybe we can either skip or do a little differently to, to get the best product. So, you know, as we've said in the past, we want that feedback. So please give us that as well. So I think, I think that about does it for this third episode of the SC Times Sports Report. Uh, for Brian Mosey, I'm Zach Dwyer. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast, and we'll see you next time.